I've already been lucky enough and like privileged enough to do this because I've had this art education this whole time all throughout, but I know there's people that are coming into the race like now and they think they have to do it this one way versus there's so many people that here that do this in millions of different ways. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Procrastination Radio Show. I am your host, Ian Complex, and today we have another very special guest, the oozer of style, Ty Davis. How are you doing today? <laughs> oh, I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing good, Ian. Thank hey. you for having me. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate <laughs> That was great. That was great. I'm happy that got that reaction because I saw it on yeah. my I was like, let me just, let me just make it a little subtle thing. Not too crazy, not too crazy, but... Yeah, I, I always get these started with, with showing appreciation to the guests. And I, I feel like I've seen you around in the space a lot. And every time I've seen you, it's been a really, really, really amazing energy. And uh, it just just in everything, how you walk into events is just like always crazy. You know, it, it, just in yourself, there's like a light that's there. So I wanted to appreciate you for that. Um, and, and again, just welcome you to the show. Yo, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate that. Um, it's weird being perceived, if that makes sense. So um, it's hard to not have the perspective that anyone does. So um, yeah, yeah, super, super grateful. Um, it's a weird little thing where sometimes you know um, I forget that I'm like here. I take up space. I'm 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 seen in some ways. I kind of just go throughout it, kind of floating. So um, yeah. It's always interesting to hear, no matter what kind of bits are said. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's super interesting. Mm-hmm. I I wanted to start this off by asking you, kind of in the theme of how I introduce people on the show, is just if someone asked someone very close to you who you were, how do you think they would answer that question? Mm, whoa. Um. I mean, honestly, for the most part, everyone thinks I'm like this kind of like super outgoing kind of goofy dude um i just go out to a bunch of stuff i know to have like a good time enjoy myself and just i'm always kind of outside i always try to see what's going on around here just stay busy for the most part i'm always doing something i feel like personally like you know uh, my perspective i'm a lazy person but a lot of people will tell me quite the opposite that i'm always just up to something so um you know, I feel like this past year I've been like super busy. I'm always trying to just make sure something's getting done. Either I'm doing a set, I'm making some design stuff, some merch things. So um, pretty much between the uh, outgoing, hardworking, um, knows how to have a good time when they yeah. can and is always outside. So Yeah, yeah. that's, that's mm-hmm. an amazing answer. I, I think digging into more of like who you were, I was kind of amazed at how many things you actually do. And I, I wanted to kind of go all the way back and to really find out, like find out how photography kind of started the cascade of inspiration that got you to become this multifaceted artist that you are today. Yeah. So um, that's, that's like truly like the foundation for the yeah. most part. Um, I went to photography uh, at my marriage charter, shout out Mac, you know, good old middle school and high school. Yeah. Um, basically from like 12 all the way to like the start of college. And, um, you know, I had an early edge definitely to the arts and like, you know, understanding how to, you know, make a concept, a conceptual body of work, putting, piecing things together, making like a visual language kind of just as a photographer. And then by the time I went into college, you know, um, relative to art schools and other places, you know, that's their first foray into art. They might not have the same equal like opportunity. So I kind of realized like, damn, these are these people's first time, holding a camera, experiencing what it's like to make a body of work, all these basic things that I've known for years. So I was, I was pretty underwhelmed. Um, but also, I think this is just like good for the lore. <laughs> I had, um, unfortunately, I had a racist photo teacher and I was uh, the only black kid in class. Okay. And um, yeah, so I remember in particular, there was one, I, I had the flu on Valentine's Day. Yeah. And a lot of my uh, peers and stuff told me he was making some pretty, racist remarks the one day I wasn't there and it was one of those unfortunate things that I realized like I'm gonna have to see this dude for the rest of the time in the major 
Right. And it's at this point where on top of that being like a bad experience with the teacher um, and just like realizing where everyone's placed at and like, I don't need to be in this spot of just yeah. relearning everything again. Yeah. I would rather just learn something new uh, paired up with the knowledge that I have. So um, design was completely by accident, which I think is super funny. Yeah. It just ended up working out in the sense of I didn't have to wait longer to graduate. Um, it overlapped super well with the major and the minor. So I, I switched from a photo major to a photo minor and then made design major. Yeah. Um, so now I can present, you know, any image in any way, but right. um, to, to back up a few steps, it was one of those things that I, I was super, and I mean, ungodly into the adult swim bumps before it was like a trend like years ago like those were some of my favorite music and like really re- relaxing things to watch all came from that that space and that time and um i was making bumps just for fun just because yeah. i thought it was a cool practice and i really wanted to learn like video editing so yeah. uh, learning like after effects and premiere i took this specific um professor to do that last minute they changed the whole lesson plan to do this and they were like we're learning illustrator and I was so, so fucking mad, like ridiculously mad. Um, and then ultimately, what was it? Um, you know, I taught I taught myself Illustrator out yeah. of pure hatred. Yeah. I wish I was joking. And, um, you know, I learned some cool things. And during that, that point of my life, you know, I was going through it a little bit just yeah. because, you know, being outside of Miami, being in a place that I'm not familiar to, the people that I was with, I was able to kind of uh, teach myself how to use Illustrator by like just you know making some art about like what's going on things that are people saying like it just helped me work through what I was kind of feeling and um, this girl I was seeing at the time she asked me to make her a shirt before we left for summer break and I did and then I just remember her telling me it was like uh, after I gave her the shirt in her hands she was like you need to keep doing this and wow. here we are seven years later so um, I used to be so like narrow-minded yeah. when it came to the arts in particular and even to the people that I used to speak to when I was like, you know, I was legit. It was just stuff like that. I was like, nah, I'm going to be doing this forever. And I was like, nah, that's not how that works. Um, so it, it was just cool because it made me realize, you know, as much as I knew like Photoshop and other things as a photographer, learning Photoshop as a designer is like a completely different language. Yeah. And like understanding that the part of the brain that it unlocks, just mindset and everything. It's like, yeah. it's like you get a few extra wrinkles in your right. brain, which is really <laughs> funny. Um, so it was just something like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, that kind of just trickled down into everything. But I, I owe all the art, you know, conceptual work, the the eye and everything like it really trained my eye before right. I really did anything else with design first. And right. that, I'm like super grateful for that. But, yeah. um, you know, I still take pictures here and there and it's something I want to lean back into again. But, um, the reason why I guess I didn't really focus into it is because relative to college. And I think even here and overall mm-hmm. is like, if you're not doing, you know, portraiture, fashion, um, lifestyle food photography or anything people don't really care about what you're doing right um i'm more of like a landscape kind of architectural i like spaces a lot yeah but um i think it's still useful like i still use it in every part of my practice for what i make too so it's it's never it's never gone away it's just definitely taken more of like a background or or just part of the tool belt for everything so um yeah yeah that's that's super interesting i feel like relating to the kind of jumping into design is is it was funny how you were saying you learned illustrator kind of against your will because i feel like in the same way like i have that and indesign just just... oh don't even get me started (laughs) don't even get me started they're like the the monsters of of the adobe suite and i i just (sighs) it's it's so funny like you said like having to approach your thinking in such a different way because there is it's it's a different language entirely once you realize Kind of what you haven't been thinking about it's kind of a, a, a another battle in, in figuring out how you can put this here and there um and i wonder if you kind of touched on a little bit of kind of your architecture background and your other interests kind of feeding into stuff i wonder mm. in, in, in what ways does that directly feed into the language of design for you like can you see like i i see a lot of those shapes and, and different things for you but how, how do you see it for yourself yeah, so um, I guess the overlap, at least relative to this, is um, my grandpa was an architect. He um, was essentially my dad. Like he yeah. raised me alongside, you know, my grandma, my mom, etc. And um, unfortunately, it was like before the time I um, 
really got into design he had passed and mm. it makes i always wonder like i wonder the conversations like he was already into the arts and like really great things like really great pieces of media like he always was just doing so much in the yeah. same vein but always just picking apart like really cool and like over the top things like in my eyes that dude knew everything um yeah yeah but it was something I didn't come to appreciate until he passed. And I always wondered the conversation we, we, we would have relative to design, just considering the overlap, like design is design, architecture, typography, this, that you can, you can branch on into whatever subsect you want. But um, all this stuff kind of above me here is actually from a, um, a commission by this interior designer named Annie Shim. Uh, in 2019, she hired me, um, what is it, to make like 30 pieces for a rendering she was doing. And, and I, I submitted five of them to a book they all got into a book. It was great. Um, super fun. Um, and, you know, I, I, it took me a while to get to that point of combining photography and uh, graphic design and make like really cool mixed media. So like, uh, I think it's really cool how um, architecture is just straight up shape and form plus light. Everything else is texture, which is something I have like a huge focus and in, in look into and like um, how it how it naturally leads your eye, but in the sense of you're navigating a space. And I thought that was just such a cool experience, you know, um, just from the place where we live relative to Miami, there's a lot of crazy buildings here and spaces, but when you navigate, you know, beyond the nest and other places, it makes you wonder like kind of what's going on um, from how you naturally look and, and walk and experience through these things. But it's really just shape and form. Um, and I thought that was really, you know, amazing stuff, but this whole body of work was called uh, cove. And, um, that to me, the whole concept was based on um, places that are being gentrified around like, you know, the Biscayne Strip where, where all the motels are. And um, it's some like alleyways, some motels, other spots that are near that strip, but it's the peripheral of the area she kind of wanted me to go personally shoot. And I was thinking like, as much as these photographs and architecture is like so rigid, there's still peripherals to every form that is in this image and space. So it's picking apart, choosing, you know, shapes, line, form, color to extend upon um, with these photographs digitally with design stuff. And it was, it was really cool to kind of like deconstruct um, an architectural thing uh, digitally. And um, I had a lot of fun to me. That was a really big turning point seeing that um, switching to design had paid off, if that makes sense. Cause I was shooting yeah. a lot of um, architectural stuff for a while. Um, right. and none of it, not to say that none of it didn't really hit, but, um, I just didn't know the best ways to approach, uh, editing and, and kind yeah, of adjusting sure. these images, you yeah. know? So, um, that's what it kind of boiled down to. Um, and you know, ever since then I haven't really looked back, but it, it definitely was a huge inspiration. It's how I tackle, uh, you know, my eye, I guess when, mm -hmm. when approaching, you know, um, you know, for events, this, that, like spaces yeah. are commanding, you know, yeah. and it's really cool to see how you just na like naturally gravitate towards a space that you might have an interest in that right, you're just right. only looking at from a viewer's perspective that you're actually in. Right. Um, it's really cool to see the degrees of like separation yeah. between those things. So to play with that, um, whether it's imaginary, physical, whatever is, yeah, is yeah, I think yeah. a really fun, like a uh, practice. Yeah. That, that, that tangible like you're saying is, is such a a different feeling especially when your craft is is, is mostly digital or, or or mostly application work or just like a mock-up or, or something it, it's like it's easy to forget that those things go so far as to like even a shirt like mm -hmm. what what makes somebody want to wear something that might not be the best design technically and reading into your work you you have this phrase of the imperfect work which was one of the most beautifully put things that I've, I've read in a long time because i again felt like i struggled when learning the language because i felt mm -hmm. like i couldn't express myself in the language and 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 that felt like i was speaking not for myself but instead of it like instead just for the work and you know, you learn through practice and, and through finding your own kind of identity in, in your practice to to speak differently. And I, and I wonder for you, just just as for your outlook on when you do choose to work in certain projects or give time to certain things, um, when did you start to implement that idea of the imperfect work? And when did that become mm -hmm. 
your standard uh, of kind of living? Um, definitely post-grad. Yeah. Um, I was so, not to say that the curriculum or anything in like design school was super rigid. Like you had a lot of freedom to make everything, but yeah. design in itself forms, it's very, uh, the purpose is functional. It must serve this purpose of, I need to inform or tell you about this thing. And if it gets that across, it doesn't matter how it looks, you know? Um, that just all boils down to style, your own taste, everything else. But if it gets the point across, you got it. That's amazing. Um, but it's in the sense of perfect isn't real. Um, it will never be real. And if you just get married or attached, like it more goes down to detachment of your work. If you get married to the way it should be, you can't possibly explore the ifs or the, th the happy accidents that can kind of come out in your work. Um, and I feel like that's in the, the same thing. And this is something I'll say probably for like the rest of my life. And I think yeah. about a lot is, um, can't create while you analyze. And it's mm. the same thing of how you can't play mm. while you practice. Yeah. Um, yeah. there are two separate things, you know, yeah. and that's where wow. the imperfect lies is, is simply in just, um, the play. Yeah. I think the minute you're able to play around with your, your own work yeah. and understand like, you know, you're not looking for a desired um, look, effect, this, whatever, that you're simply just in the mode of creating and you stumble across what it is that you didn't know you could do. Yeah. Or even simply just, um, you know, letting it be something as small as, oh, this file got corrupted and now I had to start over, but now I ended up making something better. That's right. still imperfect, you know? Right. Right. As much as it could be perfect, you're still going to find something to nitpick, yeah. whether you could have done this, that. It all boils down to feeling. And if you feel like it feels right, that's all that it is more than it is how it looks. Yeah. Um, and I think the imperfect more goes down to like, um, what is it? Like, that's just philosophy wise. But yeah. I think what made it stick is that I did like a lot of printmaking in, in high school and college. Yeah. And um, that truly is like a super meditative practice. Like you can definitely turn your brain off. And even if you think you're horrible at art, you can still print something like really beautiful from like the technique, the color. But a lot of that is super finicky. And there's a lot of things that um, come out as imperfections that make that work way more beautiful. And a lot of the design work I make is kind of inspired by printmaking. Mm. So it's like, how do we, you know, take the practice of printmaking and apply it to a digital setting where I don't have all the equipment, the tools, yeah, but just yeah. have fun making and being in the mode of right. making, you know, each print, each yeah. color, yeah. each this. Um, and I think that's uh, kind of what informs most of the stuff that I do right now. That's super, that's super interesting. I think, I think it kind of made me question how you communicate that to a client. Cause I know that's a whole other conversation to be had and they might not necessarily want to hear that kind of part of it, you know, because yeah. I think some things get lost in that translation of this work has to be a certain way and this has to be a certain way. So how do you mm -hmm. maneuver that explanation? Well, that's the thing. It's never brought up for client work. That's only for myself. Gotcha. That's only for what I want and, gotcha. and so on. I think if it's in the, the, the realm of collaboration or someone that you can client wise talk to, yeah. um, that just is, all of the imperfection and everything that just belongs in the idea to sketch realm mm -hmm. when you're still like mm -hmm. visualizing what you want it to be and exploring all the possible paths before you just refine it. Like art is reduction. Like Rick Rubin said it the best, you know, like if you can get the point across with the least amount of things you're, you're doing it. And that's, that's it. Like it truly is a less is more. So I think imperfection allows the realm of, um, being okay with ambiguous thought while still having solid execution. You can still think about it in a, in a way that's not perfect, but as long as you know what to execute and how to do it, I think that allows you to tweak, explore, get out of your head, get into somebody else's head for, you know, things like that. So if you're able to communicate in that sense of, Hey, like you might have this really amazing idea and you have this huge expectation in your head, for the designer or mm. for the person that you're working with on what it should be. Right. But that's what the imperfection is. You have no idea until you work to that person versus your expectation. And like, that's just still the philosophy before um, the practical use. So I think um, 
that's why you have to kind of hone in on the philosophy for your experimentation and how you yeah. approach making this work versus um, how you express it to said client because mm. they won't understand your perspective sometimes. Yeah. They won't understand your choices and all you can do as a designer is either facilitate to it um, and be like, hey, you want something that brings something that's warm, that's yeah. friendly. Like all you can do is translate these things as best as you can to your ability as a yeah. visual communicator. And that's what will get you through the imperfect to whatever is their perfect, you yeah. know? But that's their standard versus you as the person making this for them, what you deem to be as perfect. And that's why imperfect is real. Yeah. You have two different yeah. expectations of what perfect is. That that was one of my favorite things to listen to. <laughs> and I, I, I'm, I'm so happy because I feel like Another very pivotal point of not only this show, but I, I feel like the space that I want to take up in, in this, whatever this space is, is kind of just facilitating these conversations because I, I feel like there's a lot of, you know, you, you hold on to these thoughts and hold on to these things. I think that, that for, for my situation in the design world, I think that was one of the most important things I needed to hear in a very long time. It was very timely. <laughs> and, and, and it's funny how things work like that. And I guess I wanted to ask you through that, how, how have you felt about the design space around you? Do you feel like there's a community around you? Do you feel like there's a need for uh, more conversations like this to hear others' thoughts and to kind of pick other people's brains? Oh, fucking definitely like that's an yeah. understatement um yeah and you you'll probably agree with me in this sentiment i don't know that many other designers let alone that many other black designers right uh right. relative to like miami right now especially yeah. like i definitely have a, a few contemporaries um i have my good friend um goran emmanuel um who's like a really talented merch designer for um three points amazing mm -hmm. dude good good friend i love like how illustrative his work is and he he has this like childlike wonder to like a lot of the illustrations he makes that deals with like yeah. our favorite cartoons growing up from like sesame street this that etc i can't i can't think of yeah, it but yeah. um then we also have uh jan anthony aka liquid love who makes a lot of great flyers for um the jezebel events that he does too and those two have been in my pocket like you know forever those are the two that i really see as amazing um creatives but then one of the recent creatives i've kind of stumbled across is uh dune uh, AKA um, Edow, his name's Edwin. He's a crazy good DJ. Um, I had him on Public Energy Radio, and I've been seeing his design work, you know, all throughout Miami for um, Miami Book Club, the Green Line, just like other things here and there. And I've always wondered who made it. And his quality of work is is fantastic. But um, I was even talking about this with friends today. So like, I have a Discord server for all this stuff where I try to gather all the creatives where I can. Yeah. And as much as I have the community there, and we can talk, I don't have the this all comes from the same place of like, I don't know people that speak my own language. Um, right, and that's right, the right. biggest drive to like find a good team to work with in the spaces and that I, you know, participate in. 100%. But, um, you know, for some reason, like music can be so collaborative, but art isn't. <laughs> and that's, what's so weird. And I want to answer that question really bad is like, yeah. why can't we take notes from, how music is yeah, and then just yeah. simply make stuff as artists together yeah. you know i don't know if it's an ego thing the equipment or whatever like why can't we have a studio day where everyone just comes to this one desktop yeah, i'm laptop. gonna fuck around with this yeah. this laptop whatever i'm gonna make this composition you do the color i'll do the texture like why can't we yeah. just sit around and do that yeah and you know i want to use that discord server to invite the spaces and the play for this like i feel like for some reason, artists feel like they can't have this play with other people, yeah. which to me is like really backwards in my head. Like, yeah. you're allowed to do these things, but also at the same time, I think that's because of the the same gimmick of, oh, do you want to collab, bro? Like, oh, we should collab. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it'd be so sick, but no one takes it seriously. Right. Like, it's at the same time, if you have the technical ability and you you want to do it, fucking do it. Yeah. Like, come on, you know. Um, and like relative to the sphere of designers here, it's. I don't see the new wave as much, um, but I'm thinking in the realm of straight up graphic design. Yeah, I'm not talking in the sense of like like 
the fashion designers that are out right now, right. other just contemporaries that are crazy good. Like, yeah. um, the people that I like look and appreciate a lot um, is like um, Feral Child, Andre. Um, he is absolutely killing it with um, all of his Feral Child stuff. The, the, the fact that he wants to make it like a workhouse practically to invite other people who might not be amazingly like visually creative or other visual creatives to then have as this like workforce right. together. And right. like, that's right. something I admire and that I'm yeah. trying to do too, you know? How do we make room? Like if you don't see people who do what you do, you make room for them at the table because they okay. will appear. Okay. That's all that matters. And that's that's the kind of place that I find myself in right now. It's just like, all I can do is make me stuff, worry about, you know, inviting other people to this room to get them to talk. They will talk and it will just happen as organically as it could. I can't force yeah. it. Um, but I really want to change it to like, why can't we just have like a studio day where like, you know, the digital creatives sit around, do this, or maybe even the physical ones do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And there needs to be this overlap right. of where you, you make space for just these people to talk for critique for this or that. And like to have the resources in the room is, is the bigger draw for me because I've already been lucky enough and like privileged enough to do this because yeah. I've had this art education this whole time all throughout, right. but I know there's people that are coming into the race like now and they think they have to do it this one way versus there's so many people that here that do this yeah. in millions yeah. of different ways, yeah. whether it's money, whether it's, you know, image, etc. There is no right answer. There is right. no wrong answer. Right. And I think you just need to invite everyone and that's what will foster the community to then talk about the state of design, things that you can learn from each other and, and so on. And, um, you know, I think the biggest overlap that you will agree with me on this is music, is that you're able to go out to see all this music stuff more, but here's like the inherent flaw is that music takes up your time, art takes up your attention. Those are completely two different things versus the process. That's yeah. your experience. So yeah. if I'm not doing those things, that's how I go through it. I can absorb art at my own pace versus right. I have to sit through time. I have to experience time. And that's always shared with more people versus the intimate versus yeah. the self. And yeah. um, that I think can change. Like how do we overlap or borrow from music to answer those questions, you know? Yeah. 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 That's and again, an amazing insight. I think the, the space for, graphic designers specifically visual designers is so interesting now especially on the internet there's so many especially there's so many like podcasts and shows and uh just like you said discords and conversations but i feel like for for whatever reason for a long time i feel like design was a very kind of quiet kept you you do what you do people consume it, like you said on their own time you're either mm -hmm. in an agency or you're freelancing they're like very kind of buy the book things you get there you, maybe you'll get to a creative director maybe this doesn't happen yeah but i f feel like now more than ever it, it's people who kind of have this superpower in their back pocket of being able to communicate ideas fully that are now yeah. being able to flesh out themselves and be like i do this also i do music this way i do this this way i do this this way but also i could help you communicate this way because that's that's an important piece that i think kind of falls to the wayside sometimes when when people have a lot of the other components and then lack the one thing that sometimes makes or break breaks it for people without them even even knowing um and i i think to kind of transition to you and your interest in music i i i want to know how how that's been for you and and how that has added to your experience as as a human to have this other kind of uh interest that you know that is so innate to the human experience of enjoying enjoying things <laughs> but you know kind of putting it out there as like hi I, I do this also yeah um so like being in art for so long yeah for the most part i have like a very strong and like confident way of approaching it yeah but music and seeing from going from like spectator to then someone who participates and is trying to do more at the same time too. It's such a different battle because yeah. um, people can be so sure about the sound that they want to push um, the type of people that push the, the spaces 
and even like the the year and time of music like you know it's the same thing for design too and like art yeah. like you can say yeah. you know maybe i like art nouveau maybe i like right. 60s stuff etc right so i mean uh i i like learned i've been djing in like overall like i've learned the ability to dj yeah. for yeah. like five years yeah. you know probably this halloween will be five years this year yeah. um and it was more of out of necessity. So while I was learning design um, in college, pretty much when I was like a sophomore, junior, um, all the mm. seniors that threw all the great events and parties in, in Savannah basically graduated, just straight up left, you know, yeah. and nothing else was going on. So it was just me and four of my other friends that were like, all right, we have to do this, but we need right. at least some other DJs and stuff. So like I just spent a Halloween learning um virtual dj on like a yeah. crappy like mini controller i got yeah. at like a pawn shop for like 20 bucks i fixed it with my friend and pretty much i would make the flyers for the party my friend who was like a freshman who wasn't like an idiot um had the cult following so he would say hey guys come to this party or yeah. this bar this yeah. place um one of our other friends was the radio captain of the whole college so he taught us how to dj wow. and he would also be like the headliner guy yeah. for the night yeah. because he would just play all the stuff around right. town and then um, it would be like our other friend who he didn't attend the college, but he knew enough friends with bars and houses to kind of do it. at. Yeah, so like yeah. I was starting to slowly do it on the exit to college. COVID happened because I graduated to my bedroom. It became the COVID hobby just to like learn. Um, I ultimately met up some friends who we all went camping together. They were all DJs. It was basically DJ camp. And I didn't know how to use like club gear at that point. So I was like, all right, let's sit down, let's learn this. And now it's like, it's just not only expanded my palette of music and what I like playing, but yeah. like, it's so cool to see the influence of DJing has allowed it to connect to my identity more as a black person. Yeah. Like, you know, um, dance music is black music, you know, and to find out that, you know, techno, house, right, right. Um, footwork, Baltimore club, yeah. Jersey club, this is all black music has really like empowered me as a person. And that's why I, I, I really feel like I do it. Cause it, it's, I've always had like left field music taste from like my family and other friends. And you know, that's cool. That's fine. But I feel like that helped me a lot for like digging and, and other stuff, but relative to here and being in the melting pot that we're in, like, you know, it's black voices, it's black spaces. Like that to me is super I want to see more of it. I would want to make room for it. It's really like motivating. So um, just being able to find other black voices and mediums that, you know, get explored at the same time is really super fun to me. And like, you know, the New York wave of stuff is, is really crazy right now. Like seeing, um, I saw Gallagher Lustwork and Mo Moretti at Floyd mm. and it hit me like a bus um, that I was like, you're the first black out of town DJs that I've seen here out of all the mm. times I would go there. And this was maybe like just over two years ago, yeah. you know? And since then I was like, damn, I really don't see that right. many black DJs here outside of the realm of rap and hip hop. Yeah, yeah. And that to me was really like empowering. And like, I want to see how I can find others that do it. And that's the whole reason yeah. why I did public energy radio is just yeah. to find other black DJs that are talented yeah. around here that you know play some really good club music or whatever right, you know right, right. and um i'm like really excited to just see where it goes um for the most part but like on twitter everything else like the amount of music that i just find so regularly yeah. from like dj event twitter is just so nuts so um that's just like super cool too and i never really thought of it because I always thought art is just so in my brain and relative to design is like i have such a way of imagining how it's tackled and used how to talk about it with the spaces that it's in and everything like that from fine art to casual to whatever but music has always been as the spectator so to now be on the same level of oh this is how people go out push their sound do these things is like super interesting because it's something i haven't considered and it's like a really organic experience and it makes me really motivated to meet other um black djs djs uh, you know people of color, queer people, like marginalized people, just because they're the four, yeah. they're, they're the forerunners for all these spaces right. and, and culture, right. you know, right. and that overlaps going back to art and mm -hmm. where we live and how we consume all these things, you yeah. know, yeah. a dance floor is universal, no matter where you come right. from. Right. 
And I think that's so cool to be a part of because there's a lot of moments where I found myself just being like, I'm having a wonderful time. I'm having an amazing night with my friends and knowing to like, I could do that for someone else is like really, it makes me really happy. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It, it's such a, I, I think it's such an escape just moving as a unit with people you don't even know nobody is saying a word you're looking at conversations you have no input in and it's it's just such a such a drive and such a force and i think the the kind of the hunger and the, and the change that i'm seeing in kind of different scenes like around the internet specifically down here in south florida just how new spaces for music are being built like just like the resurgence of you know certain certain like patterns and, and and tempos and you know people coming in asking for these things now and i think in, in addition to a lot of the stuff on the internet that's happening you know people are being able to curate what they want to hear and what they want to see and now it feels really cool that people can look to their own kind of neighborhoods and be like okay this person does this this person i can go to this this is fire i can go to this this is fire but uh you kind of mentioned it and i wanted it was perfect time i want to kind of break down what exactly is public energy and why was it started um and how how, how do you see that that being moved and changed as, as, as the years kind of come yeah so um so by being a spectator in the music space and being an art person for so long it just kind of came to the point of like how do we celebrate art the same way we celebrate music because there's more mm -hmm. chances and opportunity to celebrate music on a weekly basis than there is art. So imagine this scenario, right? Um, I'm a DJ, I have a show, I can download a bunch of tracks, I can play my show, people see it, right? Not to diminish or anything, but that's just kind of like the typical, you know, experience. So imagine this as a visual artist, I'm spending months, almost a year or years worth of my time trying to make, you know, huge physical pieces, digital, etc. really mm -hmm. get this all together and find like a gallery that I have to either approach pay, do this, to then maybe show my my work um, yeah. for one night, yeah. for one night, and I have I just put out one flyer, yeah. and then maybe I sell some of my work later. Yeah. That's it. That's not fair, you know. <laughs> and the 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 answer shouldn't only be collaboration, which is like unfortunate to me. Like it's cool, but like there could be a huge event going on, great stage production, everything. But you're gonna remember the person spinning more than all the other stuff that went in. Uh, to it visually there's no name credits for the person who made the stage design the lighting the this all of that like those are key parts that build up the experience you know and i wish there was equal playing grounds to it so like i was saying prior is what can we borrow from music to make the art equivalent of what's the art version of an ep what's the art version of an album what's the art version of Bandcamp? what's the art version of streaming and it's a really long-term project to figure that out um for visual artists. So at its core, it's making a visual label for me to formally collaborate with someone and be serious like, hey, I wanna help you roll out your, your upcoming projects that yeah. you might have. Yeah. You've been on my radar for a bit and I wanna figure out the best way to roll this out for you yeah. or with you. And um, pretty much between that, um, that's kind of where it's at. Um, I would be honored to have this roster of really talented visual art, you know, artists together yeah. to then like um, figure out what projects we can work on and with in the future help people get the recognition that they deserve from the yeah. talented pool of people here. Yeah. But also at the same time, I'm still doing um, public energy radio at the same time for the events and everything right. like um, between Miami community radio and just the events that I would hold myself. Um, it's for the sounds and the things that I don't experience relative to here. And it's more, you know, black centric, like I want it to be for, you know, platform for black people, people of color, queer people, women, et cetera, like, because they're the forefronts, they're the forefronters of all of this, all this stuff. Um, so between that, um, it's trying to do, you know, some merch every now and again, that was something that was long overdue that I've done, you know, for myself prior, but I wasn't happy of the things that I was putting out. Mm. And it's just really figuring out how to roll out my own projects with an aesthetic um, that updates over time. Yeah. So I'm trying to drop you know, maybe like twice a year, every six months seems good. I'll just try to roll out whatever I'm thinking and feeling. So it gives right, me a right, good right. active deadline to produce at the same right. time for, um, you know, just merch other projects, figure out what, what other things I kind of create for myself. So I have this perpetual deadline versus right, oh, I'll make right. stuff. 
you know (laughs) um but and at the same time it's um i just want it to be kind of like my production house at the same time like i just have all the stuff that i can worry about for myself create for myself is under this one little unified thing i can bring whoever whatever i want um but also to me it's just being unapologetic about joy fucking in this day and age I feel like a lot of people will feel like they get clowned on for expressing any type of little joy that they have because they're yeah. worried about how the internet treats them being like, yeah. it'd be someone just doing a goofy dance. They get a recording of them. you like, what's this dude doing? Right, and the, right, right. they feel like you have to tone yourself down yeah. to take it up. So like, for me, it comes from the, from the spectator view of going out. I feel like there's some yeah. people that act way too cool to go out and pretend that they're, they're having a fun time when they're just bopping their head, doing whatever. I'm like, dog, this shit is ripping right now. You better be on the exactly. floor yeah. doing something, so you know? <laughs> go crazy and i feel like you shouldn't have to limit yourself to that but to me as a person you know i feel like sometimes and in some ways i've had to tone myself back for others and i don't want to do that i don't want to do that for others you should just express it in the way that you should and that's that's kind of all it is to me um i really want to see you know this is going to be my baby it's going to be my love child and i want to see how it goes from top to bottom with all the things that i'm making so it's just the one unified little thing um i got some plans i got some things i gotta i'm in the the middle of drop number two in my head right now i kind of know what colors items and things that i'm making i just have to design it (laughs) (laughs) um but between that um the next thing to look forward to is that little baltimore banger on september 23rd yeah Um, yeah. i'm bringing some excited I'm really excited to bring down some some good Baltimore heads. I can't really talk about it yet. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been planning this for a long time. Um, it's been but it's been really nice to bring down like uh, earlier this year. I brought down um, Dirty Bird, Swami mm-hmm. Sound, mm-hmm. Days God. I had um, support with um, Tony Seven Four Nine Seven and myself. It was it was really great. Um, it was just so cool to be internet friends with Dirty Bird. He goes by Gum now. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And and a lot of people told me, like, I didn't think I would see these people this soon. And seeing how happy everyone really was, just from stuff that I, I just residually saw, you know, on the internet and just kind of kept yeah. up with made me so, yeah. so happy. And, like, that that's the kind of stuff that I just don't see down here, you yeah. know? So yeah. it's just, this is the first time fully in my life where I feel like I have taste in the things that I, I look and, and, and experience and do. And I've never had to, like, I've never had the the will to really express that until now if that makes sense so like i just want to see how it kind of goes from curating all these things if i can understand all these different facets of being multidisciplinary to then work with multiple kinds of people i can express it better and that to me is what all of this kind of boils down to at the end of the day and i get to do all this stuff at my own pace and not right. be held back right so, that's that's yeah. amazing how how was and you kind of spoke to it a little bit, but how was just the the reception? How, how how did that feel? That that piece of it, dude. Between the the New Year stuff and the release party was yeah. absolutely like ecstatic. Like I can still feel my my cheeks hurting from, yeah, yeah, from yeah. how it was. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's just one of those that um, it's like how I said in the beginning, being perceived is so weird because I yeah, just don't know how yeah. to take it or anything like that. So um, the the one for New Year's Day was just, I didn't know what to expect at all, but then kind of going back in for the the release party and, and being, you know, more grounded in DJing, the people that I wanted to bring for the lineup, people being able to like pick up the merch and just check out a new space, like all that together, just and seeing how happy and chilling everyone was made me happy. Like I'm a big, in my head, like, um, just in my own separate of like parties and stuff like that. I love hosting people at my house. I just love having people over. So being able to have like all my homies at a venue and like everyone else was like the cherry on top on like a new space. So it was really just, I just, I have no other word than like, it was truly just like, it made me feel like bright. Yeah. Like not in the sense, like I'm a light, but in the inside, I just felt really bright, right. and like warm, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's so t- no, I was watching the videos and I just it it's it's again so cool seeing so many people in support of like one idea and especially something that's so important that's there's like a a big hole and like you said like a lot of these people who are working very very hard on things like set design or just like simple type treatments or 
just all these kind of people who are interviewing people, like all, all these kind of voices and parts and pieces that fit together to make the machine that we all kind of love, you, you know, they, they need a place to be able to to voice their things and, and, you know, get their work off and be like, yeah, I did that. Look at this. And, and you can look at this. You can come back to this. You can, you yeah. can enjoy that. So it, it just was very cool watching all of that kind of happen from 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 the outside just on on, on youtube and everything and, and and that's been really cool i feel like you have a very authentic energy on your channel where where it is just you sometimes just talking and being like hey this is what i did and then it's like videos and you know it's, it's very very stylistic and in your your eye and in your lens which is cool because i feel like at, at this point it I, I don't know if you could not do it that way it, it just all, <laughs> you know it, it just feels like nice it feels cool um and and, and yeah i i just wonder outside of the art how how are you kind of doing in in just moving dude your guess is as good as fucking mine because i (laughs) do not know um so yeah to be frank that's really what it is um yeah i will always have room for art yeah. I'm an art person before I'm a music person. Yeah. yeah. That's always how it's going to be. Yeah. I'm still going to make time to make visually pleasing stuff like with YouTube and everything. All I want to do is just like, here's a design breakdown. Here's how I yeah. made this. Yeah. Um, I do want to do some video essays stuff relative to music, just things that I'm passionate about. And then like, it's just going to be an archive for all the video things that I make to post on like Instagram plus all the mixes. That's really it. That's as good as I can make it. I don't think it needs to be a certain way. This is the imperfect thing we were talking about. It doesn't, it should just be organic as possible. And that rings true. If I stress about how it should be, it's just going to be too much or wasted effort. Um, At some point, you know, I'm not saying to knock anyone that puts effort into all those things, but like it will come to the point when you're like, all right, this is the separation between the play and practice. I'm in play for all the YouTube and all these things, but for that's what's nice about music. I'm just playing around with it. I'm just having fun with it. Art I've already established and done for myself. There's a good overlap with it. Honestly, I really got into DJing too because it just allowed myself to platform what I'm doing more often than I would as a visual-based person. So I was like, why not just, why be so separate? Why not just do it all at the same time, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of the goal at least. Um, I don't have exact plans for what the video thing should be, but at the same time, it's just like, why not have fun? If I get to make some small stuff, collaborate with some people, it lives in some spots. I get to, I'm going to put up like older mixes from SoundCloud when I like retire some things there. I'm going to start putting just BTS stuff and, and so on. So, I mean, yeah, I, ironically enough i wanted to do youtube so bad as a kid like super Mm. bad i wanted to do the whole gameplay commentary route you know how it was so um i'm glad it's it's cool to come back yeah seeing the fork like what i could have done uh in the content creation stuff which i hate the word content but you got to do it today you know and i think it's cool to figure out how many ways you can present the things that you have yeah and um i want to see how I can maybe change or better the design landscape on YouTube, maybe just in like a really or, or like, you know, authentic and organic way versus yeah. being like, Oh, here's a tutorial on this or right, that. I'm right. like, let's have a conversation yeah. about a B or C, right. or maybe it's like critique about this or how you just made something like people don't talk about their stuff as much as they think. Yeah. Um, I myself included, like that's how I felt with kind of like merch and vending i'm like i don't give people opportunities to look at my stuff i just think it is but also you have to imagine with design and other things that people are idiots they've never seen this stuff like you have to go from the perspective of someone who has never seen this ever and people that keep up with you all the time exactly. so how do you how do you do every kind of part of the spectrum at for the it you know time. yeah at the same time so all I can do is just keep it as if I was having a conversation to somebody in their yeah. face versus yeah. like, Hey guys, today we're going to, no, right. that doesn't, that doesn't work. Right. So, right. Yeah, yeah. That, that part about, I, I think the, just having to explain yourself in so many different ways is so interesting. And you said you hate the word content because it's, it's such a blanket of, everybody has a different definition wait i hate to cut you off yeah just just to pin that because i think about it a lot i think in my mindset it diminishes the value 
of what the intended thing is only because of the pace of how we consume content. Exactly. So I could work on this for so long, but you just take it as a piece of content. It gets right. reduced to this this thing at this time. Right. I spent up. months. Yeah, I spent months or this on that and just be like, eh, whatever. Yeah. And yeah. I think it just diminishes what you work on. And that's why I don't try to use the word content because yeah. um, it would make me upset to, I would be, I would feel uh, kind of hurtful saying that to somebody like i would feel like i'm jabbing somebody right. saying that to somebody else's <laughs> like work unless i you feel like yeah, yeah. It's, it's not it to me i'm like i know you yeah. put time and effort into it right, but if right. you know it's it's like we've worked from you always work general to specific but now it's like mm -hmm. we have this upside down cone where you have to make this tiny little thing to then reverse right. funnel to the real right. thing which is weird ish yeah. in my head but at the end of the day it's more respect for the work yeah. you're producing yeah i think yeah that's mm -hmm. you put that so well it's 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 weird especially working like in a in an agency setting where mm -hmm. you're having to think about the things in that way and i think it's it's really cool I, f I feel like a few people are doing this there's like the browser company and some some other just like smaller creators um, who are expressing themselves in, in like their design thinking, you know, I, I think that's one of my favorite things to really listen to just what I was thinking about when I approached this, this job, like mm -hmm. what I had to do to get this from point A to point B, this is where I messed up. This is where I'll change for next time. That's it. Like that, that's all, you know, it doesn't have to be a super amazing pitch deck or a super amazing thing. It's yeah. just like, Hey, from a human to another human, I did this. Take what you can from that. Goodbye. Like, I, and I, I love that so much. And it's, it's cool seeing that kind of that kind of walk toward, um, just, just, just that energy of of communication. But I, I wanted to just say thank you because I was on your website. You got a lot of texture packs on there. You know, buddy. You got a you got a lot of text packs on there, and I'm be, I'm gonna be copping, and I'm gonna be using them. Sure, you sure. And I feel, I feel, I feel like that's a very, maybe niche to designers thing, and I, and I feel like it's equivalent to like a drum kit for a, a producer yeah. or or something. But I feel like if you know, you know. But it's, I, I don't know if it ever comes up in conversation with somebody who's not a designer. I was like, hey, you got, yeah, yeah, back coming out. I don't know if you. <laughs> I don't know if you yeah. want to do anything with that. You know, so it's 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 like like that lit up my head. I was like, this is the best. This is amazing. Um, and I wonder for you, how how do you look for um assets and inspiration um for your work? Mm. That's a good one. Um, at least for the projects that I make and produce, yeah. um, a lot of it comes from a place of the it's really just the play like how i said it's the play that becomes practice yeah yeah um so like um i simply made i'm gonna i'm gonna go back a little bit but it's it's going back to the whole thing of like what's the equivalent of this to that for music to art gum road is a little oversaturated but there's no band camp for assets you know like there's no band camp friday on it there's no thing where it helps like the fund the creator like you know they get 100 percent of the proceeds and stuff so i'm like i just want to normalize that that's why I'm trying to make so much stuff like, hey, designers, you should you should sell like textures, even just small little things. Put yourself out there so it finds your work. It's the same thing for like Behance and so on, which is cool. But that that relies on Adobe and all of those things. It's just like, here's if you don't have a website, here's a good way to put it. But also Gumroad is for so many other things, too. So between that, it goes to practice. Um, I simply made um, just a random illustrator document of just all these shapes that I was using. And then I made yeah. a free vector pack and then I was yeah. like, all right, what are some other things I can kind of keep making and just practicing around and just see how this connects me to other designers with the stuff that they make, which unfortunately they don't do. Yeah. But <laughs> um, it's in the sense of like, I want to make it so not only do I have this catalog of stuff to work with if I'm, yeah. I'm ever feeling dull with yeah. the stuff that I'm making, but at the same time, it's really cool to just see, you know, how I can use these things to my advantage versus the things that I like, you know, ha having and finding inspiration is sometimes hard, not for myself, but other people. And it's like, 
to help aid in that is really cool. I find some solace in it, but at the same time, my tastes and things are always ever changing. And I just want to be able to document that with the things that I might be into, you know, like, um, one of them. Okay. Cool. Little flex. I will say this. Um, last October I was in the finalist circle for Serena Williams design team for Nike. It was really cool. It was super fun. And, uh, let me see. Do I have this under here? Yeah. It was called the, the combine. It was like this mm. cool little thing that they yeah. gave us like this little menu of like yeah. stuff that came with this cool toolbox of just like, That's hard. you know, stuff to do. So we did one day, it was two days. Yeah. One day was like a workshop. The other day was actually like through the, the design briefs. And yeah, the yeah, first yeah. workshop was simply a mark making workshop. And they gave us this like mm. really nice paper and all these things. And literally for three hours, we were just all chatting in a Zoom room, just sitting down on the floor playing around just seeing all the different ways we can make marks yeah, and i simply scanned that and just yeah. made it like a texture pack i was yeah. like it'll be a dollar or something something that's like mad affordable but like mm-hmm. gives you a bunch of different uses and if right. i didn't hop on that i was like damn maybe i should just try to see in my own practice how i can do this yeah and that's kind of where dyed and confused came from at the same time it was just to mm. go to make accessible printmaking in yeah. my own backyard at home you know um ooh, sorry a second my own backyard at home so I was like, well, I should scan these before I print on them so I get the most out of it, you know, so um, that way I can use it in my own practice. And again, so it goes from the play to practice, play to practice. And um, it's cool to just see the cycle of, damn, I want to get better at making this. So I'm just going to play around with this by accident. But then it ultimately builds to this. So like, I think about that, you know, if I'm trying to think of it more not as like a drum kit or like any, you know, type of sample pack, which mm-hmm. it is, don't get me wrong, but it's like, you know, how you go on Bandcamp, you can buy yeah. a compilation, you can right. buy, you know, singles, this, that, right. stuff for your mix. I just want to think of it as a cool little way to just build up the catalog of yeah. all the things that you're making. So yeah. it's just a good little storefront and I encourage designers to do it. Yeah. The thing is, it's hard to stand out because like it's oversaturated. Yeah. Between that, it's like, Gumroad and Creative Market is the main two stores that yeah. aren't your own personal website that have your assets. So to stand out in a sea of stuff is cool, but also there's not that many people on Gumroad comparatively to Bandcamp or all these other music places. So yeah. I just wanted to take you know, the time to kind of insert myself and see what's mm-hmm. up. I have a lot of stuff that's mad affordable or free. Nothing is more than 10 bucks. Most of the things are less than three. And that's really it. Um, so just over time, I can reflect on the projects that I made. If I lose the files, I can re-download them. <laughs> yeah. Because you know how it goes. Sometimes shit gets corrupted and it just lives online right. now and you can just re-download it if need be yep. and so on. So yep. It's better than just having a screenshot of, of the image you posted on Instagram and that being you the only recoverable me? file. You feel me? That's oh, not it. That is not, not it. it at all. No. Yeah. Uh, lastly, like really quickly, I think just – just one very thankful for this conversation again, um, echoing the thing of being able to um, hear a language that I love so much be spoken so fluently uh, and, and to kind of have some 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 in with that conversation was very amazing for me. But um, I just wanted to just ask, I guess, where... And this is a question I know some people don't don't necessarily like, but I I, I just want to know you as as Ty Davis. Where do you kind of see yourself going in the near future, and what do you want people to kind of know about that journey you're going to take? I want to be a creative director really bad for my own you know stuff or yeah. wherever I might be. Like um, yeah. growing up, my mom has had a small business my whole life. Mm. I've seen her do it for the past 27 years you feel me yeah um and it's one of those things that if she can do it i can do it like why not like you have no reason not to bet on yourself you know you can still do it with all the things that you're doing it's never too late just do it fall flat on your fucking face you know um and you'll always bump into stuff you'll always find some highs some lows and it's at the same time it's just being honest and real about how you live and you breathe you know i think that's just the biggest part about the journey of all the stuff that i want to do like i just want to do it all with whoever i can and i want it to be amazing work that we're amazingly happy about together 
Um, there's a lot of things, you know, in the past years that have made me realize like, you know, what I want out of my career and the things that I do. And like, it took me a while to like accept and realize like, bro, anyone can make a flyer for a party. Yeah. And I was really getting dubbed as like the flyer guy for a yeah. bit. And it's something I still love doing and really like, yeah. but yeah. I really thought for a bit, I'm just going to do this forever. And I'm like, no, yeah. dude, like, <laughs> like you're so much more than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just being able to pull my own ideas out of my head is really powerful to me and, and not knowing that I'll, or knowing that I won't be held back, I yeah. think is more powerful than what I will ultimately be. Yeah. You know, I have no control, like, you know, over that as much as I have the goals and aspirations. I just want to say like, you know, fully with my own chest, I'm going to be able to do it. <laughs> I'm too stubborn not to. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> that's really, I think there is to say, I don't have anything yeah. much more to top on it, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it regardless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do regards, yeah. That's that's amazing, and I hope everybody listening has had an amazing time and just picked up a few of the gems that were dropped today in this conversation. Uh, I want to thank you for coming on today. I want to thank everybody listening. Um, no matter wh- where you are, if it's day, night, or evening, stop procrastinating. Go get after your dreams. They're waiting for you. Have a good day. Peace, peace. Yo, thank you so much again. I really appreciate it. I had a yeah. wonderful time talking to you. It was cool to link up like this for the first time too. Yeah, so, um, yeah. This is fantastic. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.